Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. And I also do a live show Sunday nights in St. Louis, 97.1 FM Talk. You can find all that information at HeidiHarris.com. Recently, I was in Washington, D.C., for the Federation for American Immigration Reforms annual Hold Their Feet to the Fire event. It's a big radio event where we have a lot of great guests. One of my favorite ones to have always is Robert Spencer from jihadwatch.org. This interview, among others I did over those couple of days, was done outdoors. So if you hear a siren, boy, there were a lot of sirens in Washington, D.C. Or you hear any people talking in the background, just focus on the content. Robert Spencer, glad to have you again. How are you doing, my friend? Very good, Heidi. Always good to talk to you. Yes, always fun to see you in person. Jihadwatch.org is the website. So here we are. The borders are crazy. I saw a story the other day, correct me if I'm wrong, nearly 80 people on terror watch list That's that, right. this year that we know of, the, just the ones we caught, have been caught so far. Talk about that. Yeah, well, you know, that's up from 15 in all of 2021. Well, now, 15 is 15 too many, right. but it's very clear that the jihadis realize the border is open and they're taking advantage. Mm. They pay. It, they read the news as well as anybody else. Is there any border less secure than our border between Mexico no, and No, certainly not. No other country would stand for this. You know, uh, pretty much every country in the world has stringent requirements for entry and stringent requirements for settling there. And they, I don't know of any country in the world that just says, oh, anybody wants to come in, come on in. It's, it's, it's really, truly astounding. And yeah. I'm trying to figure it out because a lot of Republicans don't have the spine to do anything about it, when, even when they've had the power to do it. Uh, the Democrats obviously don't want to do anything about it. And even those who might be concerned aren't going to say anything because their leadership won't let them. We know it's disastrous for the country. We just uh, commemorated the 21st anniversary of 9-11, of course, as you very well know. And we don't know how many sleeper cells. When's the next attack? We know they plan these things years, you know, centuries, right? We know they plan them. They have very long memories. They play the long game. We know about that. You've written about that extensively. What do you think? Oh, there's no doubt it's coming. No telling where, no telling when. But look, you know, after 9-11, we know that they changed their strategy and focused on small-scale attacks. And we saw the small-scale attacks, the Boston Marathon attack, Fort Hood, San Bernardino, Chattanooga, so many small-scale attacks in the United States. A lot of them people don't even know about. That is still going on, which is also something people don't know about. Just last week, the Justice Department issued a very terse press release about a married couple, a woman from Alabama who married a man from New Jersey, and what they did for their honeymoon was plot a jihad terror attack at West Point Military Academy. Wow. They were caught. And we can be grateful for that. But uh, people who think this is all over, they don't know that it's still going on. They could easily shift now that they've got so many people into the country via the Afghan refugee business. And now with the border open, they could easily shift back to a large scale attack plan. You know, and it's not hard for them to find each other anymore. The whole world has changed in the last 20 years when it comes to that. I've been talking to some ranchers who have border properties and things like that. And they say that these illegals go through their property. They've got phones. I mean, the, the Mexico yes. apparently gives them phones that allows them to get tracked. So if they start to get in trouble in the desert, they're going to die. They can find them, that kind of thing. So these these po folks at any kind of a sleeper cell can all find each other oh, yeah. and they can get together. What happened? Remember that uh, jihad camp a couple years ago? Wasn't it New Mexico that yes. we heard about for about one second and then it was gone? We never heard another thing about that's it. Right. What happened there? Well, that's the thing. There's been a complete blackout about it. It was a camp that was training children to be suicide bombers. But the guy who was leading the camp was named Siraj ibn Wahaj, and he was the son of Siraj Wahaj, who is one of the most prominent Muslim speakers in the country. 
and you see Muslim conferences all around the country that are being held from time to time, he is invariably speaking at them. And so this is his son involved in jihad terror plotting. I think that's one of the reasons why the story went away, that Siraj Wahaj, the father, is very well-connected, influential guy, and so he made it disappear. And that's the one we heard about. That's we don't know how many others are out there. Exactly. These people are so clueless in the feds, it's a wonder that they can still catch anybody. Right. Because, of course, they can monitor communications very easily. You're right that the jihadis can communicate with each other very easily, but the feds are also on that. <laughs> However, a lot of the time, they don't know what they are reading or what the significance of it is, and that's going to have consequences. I can give you an example from my own life. A few years back, when the, F, when the uh, jihadis raided, the jihadis tried to kill us all at our Muhammad art exhibit in Texas in 2015, and I was meeting with FBI agents about that. I didn't know then that the FBI had been encouraging the jihadis. But anyway, uh, I told them, yeah, I've been getting a lot of death threats, and they investigated and actually got back to me. And the agent, interestingly enough, who is now the head of the election crimes division in the huh. FBI, she told me, oh, it's nothing to worry about. They were saying that Allah should punish you. And so they weren't talking about an active plot to kill you here. And I, I realized, oh, she, she doesn't she know. She doesn't understand. In the Quran, it says, that you should fight the unbelievers and Allah will punish them through your hands. Right, you're the instrument. So, right, of Allah. exactly. Right. So when they say Allah should punish me, they mean somebody should go kill this guy. But even the FBI doesn't know that because, of course, they're committed to the idea Islam is peace, so it's no problem. Wow, how shocking is that? Yeah. I mean, that's amazing that they don't even get it. They have no clue. That that's very very scary when you have this kind of situation. I am just I'm just stunned. It's by the uh, decision of the Obama administration, ten years ago, that they would remove all mention of Islam from counterterror training, and that's the way it's been ever since. What do you think they're going to do next? Because every time I take my shoes off at the airport, I'm pissed. I'm like, look, <laughs> the shoe bombers in the jail. They're not going to do a shoe bomb. They're not that dumb. They moved on to something else. I mean, they took my little bottles of Diet Pepsi away the other day because I'd forgotten. I put them in my suitcase mm -hmm. ahead of time. Oh, I feel so much safer on the plane now because you took that away from me. I mean, it's insulting, Robert. Yeah, it is. It's ridiculous, but it's also just playing catch up because you're absolutely right. They're constantly thinking of new ways to kill, and we're just ca taking care of the last one. Right. And so, yeah, there will be a strike. Who knows when, who knows where, and who knows how. But they'll th it will be something that we haven't thought of to stop. Yeah, I remember Laura Logan years ago uh, from CBS. So you know her. You followed her. She was talking about some speech she was giving. And she said, we only get the slow and the stupid ones. Yes. Those are the only ones you catch. You're not, you, you think these people are stupid sitting in some tent without Internet. You're wrong. They're not. Not at the very top, they're not. Exactly. Very so talk, so, to, so elaborate on that, some of the networks well, that they have. Well, you, you can look at some of the leadership of the terrorist groups. You look at the caliph of ISIS, the Islamic State. It was uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi who was killed. Uh, he had a PhD in Islamic studies, so he was not some just some thug mm -hmm. off the street. Interestingly enough, he had been in Guantanamo, and when he was freed from Guantanamo, he said, I'll see you guys in New York which was a very interesting thing to say. Of course, they got him. Wasn't it? At least so we were told. And Osama bin Laden, same thing. You know, wealthy, multimillionaire, uh, highly educated. The person who succeeded him in al-Qaeda, Ayman al-Zawahiri, was a, a dentist, which means that he was also an educated person and a wealthy person. Um, he was killed. 
these people have gotten killed, but they always get succeeded by others. Right. If you look at the online magazines that ISIS and Al-Qaeda put out, they are very slick professional publications. So clearly they have top level writers, top level graphic artists, and people don't realize, they do think, these are just a couple of idiots who got lucky in, the, in a cave. It's not that way. <laughs> well, it's just like the cartels. The cartels are using these people who are mules as morons. Yes. You know, either they'll be, they'll be half out of it drugged or they'll, they'll be coerced or you know, blackmailed or something mm. into doing what they want. They use the, the stupid ones to go ahead and carry out their evil deeds. That's, That's always it. how it is. Talk a little bit about the drug trade the connection with the cartels and terrorism. A lot of people may not be aware of that, uh, may not think about that. It sounds like our FBI may not be. It's a little scary, Robert Spencer. Yeah, it may not. <laughs> but talk a little bit about that, because that's very, very important with the fentanyl and all these things. It's very important, and people have no clue. Uh, the Taliban, for years, has been involved in the heroin trade, and people think, how can they do that when they say they're so religious? Well, they don't sell to Muslims. This is in order to poison the infidels. And it's worked great, really. And Hezbollah is active with the cartels in northern Mexico and tied in with the international drug trade. They were even teaching the cartel members in northern Mexico a few years back some of their techniques. And so suddenly we started to see Mexican law enforcement and, and politicians who stood up against the cartels being beheaded which we had never seen before. Oh, wow. I've but also heard people that. say that Hezbollah was teaching them the, the fine art of uh, tunnel making. Yeah, sure. For, yeah. for, the, for the cartels in Mexico that maybe wouldn't have thought about them. I guess mm -hmm. they, they're more established ways of doing it. Yeah, it's easy. And they know all this from their experience in Israel, and they told them. Wow. Now, so now, what, what would Hezbollah is using that money, that that connection to finance their continuing attacks on Israel and others? Correct. That's the, yes. their whole point of being connected with with the Mexico. Well, it's partly to be for finance, but they get financed by Iran. Hezbollah is a wholly owned and operated subsidiary right. of Iran. So we really should see Hezbollah activity in northern Mexico as an act of aggression by Iran against the United States. But nobody seems to want to cross the T's and dot the I's. Right. In any case, the drug money also, uh, I mean, the drug, the presence there in northern Mexico enables them to plan for a strike inside the United States. Interesting. And like you said, it's the borders wide open. They could do whatever oh, they yeah, want to do. Oh, yeah. There was a Hezbollah operative actually apprehended in Michigan a few years back, who turned out he had crossed the border into the country from Mexico. Huh, big shock there. So yeah. talk about, you You mentioned heroin. Now, now we've got this fentanyl, that mm -hmm. they're not, re, they, they don't have to grow poppies for this. They can make this stuff by the, you know, billions of pounds and a tiny, tiny gram will kill people. Talk about that and how that's changed things. Well, that also is something that's tied in with the jihad. And uh, people don't realize this is the way, this is a primary, as you noted, a primary means of jihad finance. And the fentanyl has the added extra attraction of weakening the United States. Oh my gosh, 100,000 young people are dying a year. Yeah, exactly. I've seen the videos. It's astonishing. You know, I used to live in the South Bronx. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've seen a lot of drug addicts mm -hmm. on the street. And I have never seen what I see in these videos from Philadelphia and places like that with people on fentanyl. And they're standing. Have you seen this? It's the most astonishing thing. They're standing there on their feet and they start, they start to bend over. And it's like they're falling asleep on their feet. And they don't, for some reason, don't fall down. They just stand there all bent over looking at the ground, zonked out of their minds. And of course, 
within weeks they're dead because right. this stuff is so lethal. Right, so terrible. Then how many parents are whose kids think they're taking? Uh, I talked. I did a actually emceed a fentanyl awareness rally the other day here a couple of days ago, and there were five six hundred families out there, and that's the tip of the iceberg. I mean, that's like mm -hmm. two days worth of people who die. And one family had a young daughter who was going to, these aren't drug addict kids, and even if they were, they don't deserve to die like this. But these these were young kids who were, you know, maybe they think they're taking a Percocet or whatever. One young lady was studying for her law exams, and she took what she thought was Adderall, got it from oh a friend, goodness. what she thought was yeah. Adderall. Cause, and here the, here's the interesting thing. I was talking to another friend of mine who's a fellow talk show host, who's got three kids, and she said that when the kids come over for a sleepover, they all bring a bag of drugs. I mean, I'm talking Adderall, anxiety, normal things that they've been prescribed. When you and I were kids, I didn't know any kid who took any medicine, yeah. anything, right? That's incredible. I was shocked, thank you, for not being the only person who was stunned. And she said, yeah, they, they come over, they all have their whole bag of stuff that's prescribed to them, you know, anti-anxiety, this, that, and the other, that they've been taking since they were five, right? But a friend might say, oh, can I borrow your anti-anxiety medicine? Can I borrow this? These kids are raised taking all kinds of pills, maybe trading them with their friends, stuff you and I didn't do. And now that one pill could have that teeny tiny gram of fentanyl and it's over, Incredible. lights out. Incredible. It's stunning. And they know exactly what they're doing, to your point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the enemies of America, they can see that the children of America have become these medicated zombies. And so they take advantage of everything. It's scary what you said about the FBI and the idea that some of these people aren't even able to interpret from a cultural perspective. Well, they're taught not to because they're told that it's Islamophobic and bigoted and racist and hateful to do so. Right. And that they have to understand that they're a religion of peace and completely benign and anything else they can't even entertain. There can be crazy people in any religion. That's the whole point. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, and for them to completely deny that, want to expect that one religion is completely peaceful is ludicrous. It's ridiculous because even if you grant that they've gotten the religion all wrong and that they've hijacked it, as right, they used to right, say, yeah. even if you grant that, which I don't, then you should at least understand the hijacked version right. so that you can <laughs> understand how to deal with right. it. But they just dismiss, they will not look at anything regarding Islam because they've been told that it's Islamophobic and Muslim Brotherhood operatives also who've infiltrated and reinforced that idea that it's somehow offensive and insulting to even pursue this as a line of inquiry. I think you're all wrong about this. I think it's the Christian nationalists who are our biggest problem, yeah, Robert Spencer. It. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> that's who the problem is. That's it. Yes. So jihadwatch.org. You know, I could talk to you for hours, but I know you've got a lot of demands on your time today. Jihadwatch.org. Uh, tell me about, you're always writing books. What's the latest? Well, I've got a book called Who Lost Afghanistan that's Ooh. coming out next month. Okay, and, and well, that, I'll get you on the show again to talk about that. Great, thank okay. you. That's all about how they got it wrong from the beginning. And it was at wrong in the beginning, wrong in the middle, and wrong at the end. Every last bit of it. And then in January, I've got a book coming called The Sumter Gambit, which is uh, subtitled How the Left is Trying to Foment, Foment a New Civil War. Then later, in, later on next year, I have one that I've half done about the history of the Byzantine Empire, which not many people know about at all, and how it relates to our own predicament and how we can get out of it. Isn't it interesting how when you study the history of civilizations and how they all decline, there's all a very predictable procedure oh, yeah. for step one, step two, step three, right? And we're right in there. Well, it's funny when you talk about the fall of the Roman empires, people usually think of it, which actually is just the fall of the western half of the empire. It was primarily because of illegal immigration. 
Interesting. And nobody talks about that. Nobody does. But there were massive numbers of illegal migrants who came into the empire, and then they were accepted because they were cheap labor, right. and they would fill in the ranks of the military when people didn't want to serve. Mm. But then they started demanding that they not be made to assimilate and I was going to say Roman they values. changed the culture. When you have people exactly. coming in who don't want to respect your culture, yeah. listen, it's okay if you have your own thing, but you need to respect and assimilate to yeah. our culture. In other words, you don't get to come here from a Middle Eastern country and drown your daughter in the pool because she's dating the wrong guy. That's it. That's not okay. We don't allow that kind of stuff. So that's what happened, and that's it's happening again. And you know, it's funny, the poet Juvenal, I know you've heard this, in 100 AD, correct me if I'm wrong, read, wrote about bread and circuses. Yeah. Give the people bread and circuses. Oh, that's so different than today, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's Kardashians. Yeah, now it's Kardashians and Although food stamps. Although I guess stamps. I'm dated it's, at that now. No, I don't I, even know who they are I don't now. know. I couldn't name one real housewife of anything, and I there consider that a badge of honor, sir. <laughs> I do. Good to see you, Robert Spencer, Likewise. as always. JihadWatch.org. Thanks. No extra charge for the ambulances. I got to tell you, when I was in Washington, D.C., conducting these interviews, I was outdoors. All of us were outdoors who were doing these interviews. I've never heard so many ambulances, so many police cars, so many uh, fire trucks all day, all night, as I've heard in, you know, the last week that I was there. I've been going to Washington, D.C. for well over 20 years, and I've never heard anything like it. So hope you enjoy that. Don't forget you can catch me Sunday nights, 97.1 FM Talk for my live radio show. During the week, I do videos. I call them Headlines with Heidi. And I do them up at Rumble. I post them at rumble.com, Headlines with Heidi. Just search Headlines with Heidi. Or you can find all of it at HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. 